This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. She's been voted Toronto's number one life coach, and she has driven with a desire to help the world's creatives and problem solvers thrive. She has spent over a decade helping driven entrepreneurs build powerhouse mindsets that enable them to take action built on incredible courage, confidence, and clarity. Jennifer Trask, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. Now, why are you so low key? You were not low key a couple seconds ago before I hit record. <laughs> I just say my hellos. <laughs> okay, because you're 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 a very you're like me, annoyingly optimistically happy person, and uh, I want you to let that shine. Let the true Jennifer shine on the show today. Um, Jennifer was on my show way back in March 2018, episode 82. I'm in approaching 700 right now, Jennifer. This is so surreal to me. And I'm so glad you're back on the show. We've known each other for a couple of years now. And before we get into your specialty of helping coaches and consultants get the six figures faster, and I'm assuming that's to the left of the decimal point, right? We're not including the sense here. <laughs> Just want to be, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So give us a little background on who is Jennifer Trask, other than what I just said. Wow, that's a big question. Well, <laughs> um, well, I'm in Canada. I'm a Canadian, a proud Canadian. Um, you know, and and really, I, you know, the biggest thing I think, per, particularly pertaining to work, is I really believe two big things, and I, I believe that people deserve to live happy, joyous lives. And I believe that entrepreneurs are the big catalyst for change on the planet that's going to help everyone. And <laughs> it's a big statement, but. I well, no, I, I love that because you talk about happy and joyous lives and yes. I'm 55 years young. And it wasn't until about three years ago when I was 52 that I really found what I want to do with my life. And now every morning, Jennifer, is Christmas morning, like a little boy when I was in Christmas morning. And every day is a new gift. And I'm like, I get to unwrap this great gift. Who am I going to meet? What am I going to learn? What experiences am I going to experience? And I love what I do. And for me, Jennifer, it's not about the money. Okay. I think money is a magnifier. I know people who are very poor and are happy. I know people are very poor and they're miserable and you can go on the flip side. I know people are very rich and they're miserable and who are very rich and they're happy. So I think that money is a magnifier. Would you agree with that? Yes. Care to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I just think that money, well, money first is a tool and, um, you know, it's really interesting, I guess. I mean, money is such a big conversation and people think, yeah, you know, it's interesting because when you work with entrepreneurs, one of the, one of the money mindsets that a lot of people have to overcome is this belief that money is going to make you bad or greedy or mm. what have you. Uh, and, and what I was telling them is no money is a magnifier. Like, you know, if, if, you're a kind giving person with little money and you make more money, you're just going to have more to give. If you're a not nice person <laughs> with little money and you make more money, you're just going to have 
more money to not be nice with. Like, I just, it doesn't tend to, you know, if you're, if you're certain in who you are, money's not going to change you. It's just going to give, it's a tool to allow you to express your support. Any a simple, simple example is, you know, if you love to travel, well, maybe instead of staying at a hostel, you stay at a really nice hotel now, <laughs> you know, or you go to a place that financially was out of reach, but now it's not. I like that. So let me ask you this. How did you get into or what drove you into helping coaches and consultants achieve the money that you really believe that people deserve? Because I think people are worth something, whether you're a doctor or a CPA or an entrepreneur, you're worth the money. So what got you into that to help people out like that? Well, when I was, I was consulting originally back, I started consulting in 2012. Oh, sorry, 2010. And by around 2012, I was working with people from a lot of different industries. And I knew I wanted to narrow my focus. And I knew that I loved business and I loved personal development. So I decided to really focus on helping people build businesses in the personal development niche, because that just was like my two biggest interests. And when I did that, of course, you know, most people, I think you have a large part of entrepreneurs listening. And of course, you know, when you niche, the riches are in the niches, of course, which is very true. And when I did that, things really took off because my messaging was so specific And I was just working with clients that I loved. And, you know, to this day, they are the majority of clients I work with. I I do sometimes have clients not in the coaching industry, but I really like them or their business. And it's just, you know, it's a match. Um, But primarily my work is with coaches and consultants. And that is because I I believe in what they're doing. Um, I have a personal interest in it. And it's fun. That's important. I mean, yeah. if you don't like what you do, it could be a day of drudgery. Now, I, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about personal development. And I remember when I graduated college, I remember as the graduation date was coming up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can finally stop learning. And I did. When I got <laughs> out of college, I said, I closed my mind. I'm not going to learn anything, read any books, take any courses, anything like that. A few years later. I started reading these articles about the power and the importance of personal development. Then I started looking at all the successful people, the Tony Robbins, the Oprah Winfrey's, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban's, you know, and I'm like, wow, they read a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who don't read a lot, who don't emphasize personal development. And I look at their money. The people who uh, emphasize personal development make a lot of money. The people don't, don't. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? So what I do every day, minimum, I'm doing something with personal development, whether it's reading, watching a course, doing something, because I just have to look at the successful people and see that they do it. And I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So I'm like, okay, if they're doing it, well, how could I go wrong by, you know, exposing myself to personal development? 
Hey there, it's Mark, and I will coach you for less than $2 a day, plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. Yeah, I mean, you can't, because it's really only going to make your life better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, now, are you a reader? Do you, do you enjoy reading books? Yes, I am currently reading two books. I tried, I tried to... <laughs> Keep it to only two at one time. Um, I'm currently reading Michelle Obama's Becoming book. Okay. I just, I actually had just finished um, Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened, which was really interesting. And I'm also reading one of John Gray's books, um, which is the second edition of the Mars and Venus. Like, uh, it's like the, his re it's like a revised uh i forget the exact title of it men are for mars women are for venus it's not that one it's like he it's his he released it i think last year this year or last year anyways i I can't remember the exact title but it is sort of the next evolution because he's talking about men and women in terms of like when he wrote mars and venus book that was 25 years ago the world changed a lot roles have changed a lot the internet has changed things. And so it's sort of an updated, revised version based on dating today and, and not just dating, but like relationships today and how, um, you know, it's actually quite interesting because especially for female entrepreneurs, I think female entrepreneurs should really read that book because he talks a lot about how the things that naturally raise your testosterone And when he goes through the list, I remember going, well, crap, because that's basically like my every day is (laughs) all these testosterone raising activities. Now, there is nothing wrong with raising your testosterone. However, if you are biologically a woman, um, you are naturally happiest when your estrogen is in balance with your testosterone, which means you have more estrogen flowing through you. And so what I actually, one of the great things that I learned from that book, especially because I tend to work mostly with females as well, I just tend to attract them, um, is that female entrepreneurs are doing testosterone building activities most of their working hours, which is most of their life. Um, And so we have to be more mindful to ensure that we are doing estrogen building activities uh, so that we're balancing ourselves out. And if we don't, it causes more stress and anxiety and other things that that actually ironically are linked to when you're working too much and you're hustling. Um, and, and and, And so it was really interesting because, you know, people talk about today's particularly about balancing out, Oh, like women can do what men can do and men can do what women can do and blah, blah, blah. But at the same, but at the same time, and even though, you know, we're, we're in a world where women are still fighting for equal rights at the end of the day, men are still men and women are still women and our bodies work differently. And we still need to, particularly the women, we need to, uh, understand that and how do we how do we maximize our health uh, 
by understanding not just our nutrition and stuff, but also our, our hormones. And this is important for men too. So it's a really, it's a really good, interesting book, actually. <laughs> I don't think another guest on this show has ever mentioned the word estrogen. So congratulations <laughs> for making history. <laughs> well, I want to get to how we can build a six-figure coaching and consulting business faster. But before you do that, explain to us what is the difference b- between being a coach and a consultant? Well, my version of it is a consultant's role is to consult, to give advice, to say, you know, do this, do this, do that. Um, Whereas a coach's role is to pull something out of someone and to help people see the truth of themselves, to get out of their own way and to help unleash who is truly inside of them. Um, and like, you, you can't tell people that you have to help people get there. And that's really the role of a coach. Gotcha. Okay. So let's get real tactical here because I know people are listening to this conversation and like, okay, I've got a coaching or a consulting business and I'm struggling. And I, I, you know, this title told me that I would learn how to become a six-figure earner faster. Now, we're not going to say that what Jennifer is going to tell you that you're going to go buy a Maserati next weekend and you're going to have a mansion and the private jet. She's not saying that, but she's going to give you some ideas on how you can become a, a better earner. So whether you're not, you're just starting or maybe you've been struggling along. And I, I believe Jennifer in this world uh, I believe Perito's principles alive and well. I believe 80% of the people are struggling in some ways making money and 20% are really banking it. So why don't you give us some tactical ideas and how we can start making some money? Yeah, well, one of the things that I find, particularly in the coaching world, is rampant is that most coaches are very good at creating content and nurturing their audience, which is great because it is necessary to build your brand. What they tend to be very bad at is asking for the sale. And so one of the first things that anyone listening can do is look at your marketing and ask yourself, am I asking for the sale enough? And this could be, you know, you can ask for the sale in many different ways. You can be doing launches. You can do a webinar with an act call at the end on you can do videos that are straight up ass, emails that are asked. Like, but basically, um, I, I think that coaches and consultants need to get better at asking for the sale. And that's one big part of the problem. You know, what's interesting is when you go shopping, you know, you go get your stuff in your basket or you go to Amazon or whatever the case may be. And you're going to have a checkout and you just whip out your credit card. They don't have to ask for the sale because you've gone in there first. But when you're a coach or consultant, I mean, people engage with your stuff on social media and they may sign up for your email newsletter. But if you're only doing the, oh, here's, here's another piece of information. Here's more advice. Here's more advice. Here's more value and never ask, then people are like, okay, well, this is great information, but you're not giving them a conduit to get in the relationship with you where there's money involved. Yeah. And what's interesting is sometimes people wonder why they're not making sales. And I'm like, well, are you asking for the sale? Cause you need to ask for the sale. You don't, you don't leave it up to someone to come around and wait, like do, 
are there, will you get clients because someone's searching and they find you and you're the one? Yes, that does happen. But generally speaking, even humans as a species, like we need deadlines, we need structure, we need, you know, you got to give people that push. And the other thing is, you know, like if you don't ask, you don't get, right? And so I I really find it interesting. You know, I was uh, I was saying to someone the other day, like when you look at bigger companies, so you look at say Starbucks or any of the food chains or, you know, even when you go into a retail store, right? Like they're, they're showing you what they have for sale. They're, they're telling you about their latest product and encouraging you to come in and consume it. So what is so different about coaches or consultants? Nothing. You have something for sale. And quite frankly, if you if you don't sell, you're not going to be in business for very long. You just have a very expensive hobby that's taking up all your time. So, and and if you don't make more sales, you're not going to be able to continue to even do the free content because you're going to have to get a job. So why do you think people are afraid to ask for the sale? I think they think that they're being pushy or um, they think people don't want to be sold to or what have you. Um, or they think that people are going to see them in a certain way if they ask them, if they ask for the sale, you know, like they think, they think that they're going to be, I don't, I don't know, seen as a uh, greedy or bad or pushy or what have you. But the way I see it is, you know, your product or service could be changing someone's life. So if you're not telling them about that, well, what are you doing? One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I tell you something, I, I got invited to do my first virtual keynote for the Houston chapter of the Texas CPA recently. And, you know, we agreed on, uh, you know, amount of money they're going to pay me. And so I did the best job I could. They actually love the presentation. It'll be shown next month, but I actually, I recorded it this month and I sent it to her and, you know, and she loved it. And she goes, okay, now where do I send the money to? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I want to get paid for this. I just fell so in love with delivering the value that I almost forgot that I was getting paid for this. So uh, fortunately, she reminded me that she had to pay me the money. But it's kind of funny. Uh, I look at that because I loved what I was doing. I, I loved the value and, and she really loved the value. Uh, but I, the, come down to it, I, I didn't do it for free. I, I was getting paid for it. And so I didn't have to ask for the sale. She had to remind me to ask to get paid, uh, which is kind of hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's following up on the payment you already agreed upon. So you know, but yeah, like, but here's the thing. I think that entrepreneurs need to get comfortable with the money part of their business. You know, most coaches and consultants aren't comfortable with that part of the business, but you have to embrace it because you have bills to pay and you can't work for free. Yeah. You know, like, it's funny because people will say, um, shouldn't you just do that for free? And I'm thinking, well, would you go to your job for free if they didn't send you a paycheck every two weeks? 
Yes. And then, you know, people immediately like, no. Okay, well, why would you expect me to work for free? You know, that's interesting because when you have knowledge, when you're a coach, a consultant, a doctor, a lawyer, and there's nothing really tangible there, people go, well, you went to school. Why can't you just tell me? And to your point, you wouldn't go into a car dealership and say, well, I'm just going to take this car because no. you could, you know, it's a physical item or an iPhone or a printer. You can see the product. But when you have a knowledge based business like you and I have, people go, well, why can't you just tell me? I can. Here's the, here's the, here's the, the link to get on my coaching call. And then you pay me the money. I can tell you, but I, I, I got a bills to pay. And I think it goes back to that free is good, but. I think people appreciate it when you pay for it. Now I'm one of these people, somebody loans me a book or a lot of my guests send me copies of their book. I didn't pay for it, but I, I treasure it because someone gifted me, whether it's a book or, you know, a time on the phone or whatever the case may be. I appreciate that. So I don't think money always has to be involved, but it, let's face it. If you really don't want to be successful, you're not going to be successful because you mentioned the earlier mindset. If you don't feel that you are worthy. If you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else want to hire you? It's got to start from yeah. inside your heart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a big one for a lot of people is they, they don't feel worthy of what they're asking for. And I struggled that for a long time. I'm like, because to me, productivity comes to me naturally. Okay. I'm naturally gifted at being productive. Okay. I was raised in a household that was very structured. I think that's where it came from, but other people are a productive mess. And I'm like, I, some, I had to deal with this. I feel guilty about, I can help people get unstuck and get uncluttered and have more freedom in their life. It comes so naturally to me, but you take like a LeBron James, he naturally plays basketball or you look at a hockey player or whatever. It's natural to them. So we got to get out of the mindset of feeling guilty because we're good at something. Okay. It's just what your, your talent is. And I think if you have a talent and you don't share it with the world, I think you're robbing the world of that gift. I would agree with that. Yeah. So what other things can we do to build a six figure coaching and consulting business faster other than asking for the sale, which is kind of important. <laughs> That's a big one right there. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, you know, well, there's a, there's a, there's a few things. Okay. So asking for the sale is one. The second thing is you really do need to work on your confidence and your competence. One of the one of the things that definitely slows coaches and consultants back is even though they even though they know they're good at what they do, they still question it. Right? Uh, like, do yeah. I know enough? Am I really that good? Am I as good as her or him? Like, you know, they they I feel like there's a difference between knowing you're good in your head versus knowing you're good in your heart and your body and your soul. Yeah. And that comes with practice and time and continually building your skills and getting people results. So it's not something that develops in a day or two, or you can go to a weekend seminar and get it. It's something that you have to deliberately cultivate over time, which means you need to be uh, constantly feeding yourself your story of I'm getting better. This is working. I'm learning this. I'm learning that I help this person, this content helped this person. And you have to deliberately cultivate your confidence every day. 
I, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, this, it's funny because I'll get on a call with a potential client say, and if I know I can help this person, I'm like, Oh, we can do this. This is not a problem. And in my certainty, they relax, you know, because the certainty is translated because, you know, one of the things I actually learned this from Tony Robbins years ago. I don't remember when I heard him say this, but I remember him saying the most certain person in a negotiation is the one who's going to win. And now it's years later and I've done umpteen sales calls and, and, you know, you've, I've been around long enough that I've been able to hone my own skills and I've watched myself sell. I've watched myself sell uncertainly. (laughs) I've watched myself sell very certain, certain with, with certainty and, you know, and I've watched others and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that is true. And that, that certainty comes from time, from continually learning, from the positive self-talk, from dedication to helping people get results, from more success stories, from your belief in yourself, from your belief in your worthiness. There's a whole bunch of factors. But what I find is most coaches and consultants, entrepreneurs in general, don't take time to do this on a regular basis. And so they're always chasing something or trying to be better or trying to get the next sale or trying to move forward. But there's a balance between doing that because you do need to look forward, but you need to look forward from a position of strength. And you develop your position of strength by looking at how far you've come by honoring your journey, by honoring your lessons, by finding meaning, by honoring like, yeah, I helped that person do that. Like that was me. I did a great job today. I was a great coach today. I did this, I did that. And, you know, some people, depending on maybe the household you grew up in, because some people might think of that as, um, Uh, having like a big ego, but that's not, that's you instilling your strengths and your competence and your confidence and which is the foundation to you being to, to you being able to be good at sales, which is what's going to get you to six figures faster and to do it joyously. But if you don't do that work, you are going to have a very hard time. Well, I don't struggle with the confidence and competence issue. And I will tell you that when I first began uh, becoming a speaker, I was sitting at a local speakers association chapter and they were telling how you had to prepare for these events and you really got to get into the slides and you really got to know the customer. And I remember thinking to myself, I said, you know, this doesn't make any sense. You should be able to go up on stage without any preparation and speak on your topic. Well, Shortly after that, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say something similar, and he's a pretty famous entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I know a lot of speakers, and a lot of speakers are terrified of Q&A. 
because they're, they're, it's not on their slides. It's not scripted. I love it. And I'm more like a Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm a clean, very Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. But I love Q&A. Matter of fact, I'm going to do a webinar uh, soon and uh, for the uh, Houston chapter of the Texas CPA. And she goes, do you want to just do a presentation? Do you want to do Q&A? I said, I love Q&A because, number one, I'm serving the audience. They have questions. I can ask them questions on the spot. And you've got to have confidence and competence to do that. If you're not confident and competent and someone asks you a question and you're like, oh, it's not in a the script, then you're going to be sunk and then you're not going to get a good evaluation. You're going to look like schmuck on the stage. And so what, what I believe it all, you like that, uh, it all comes with confidence and competence. Now, you can't do that overnight. You can't do that from no. reading one book. It comes over years. I'm very confident. And that's one of the things my clients tell me all the time is when they're they're asking me questions like, how did you? How'd you come up with the answer? I said, I've been doing this for a while and that takes time. And so I just wanted to share that because it is important to develop that. And to your point, you've got to be doing this stuff every day, seven days a week, something, whether you're on social media, creating a blog post, a podcast episode, exposing yourself, because if you're just going to sit there and binge watch Netflix, you're not going to get the confidence and competence like other people are because you're not paying attention to what really matters. Yeah. And that would be another thing that's important to getting to six figures faster is the consistency in your messaging, your branding, you're putting yourself out there. And this is really important, especially in the first few years when you're getting traction and, you know, it's almost, it always feels like crickets all the time, but it's that consistency time and time again. And when you you know, like it, it's, it, it's interesting because I have an advantage of hindsight. Like I've been online for a decade and one of the things I realized is that once you've been around for a while, like most of your business actually comes from referrals. It, it and, but it's because of the consistency that makes that happen. But in the beginning, which is where most people are like, they just don't have, they don't have the longevity. They don't have the consistency. They don't have enough people who know about them and who've worked with them and gotten results with them, et cetera. And so what most people have to understand is like, you, you can't quit first of all, cause that's not going to get you anywhere. And you can't say, I'm going to do this for six months and see what happens. This is yes. another problem. I think that the industry has is people think, okay, well, I'll give it a year and see what happens. I'm like, you give this a year. If that's your mentality, you might as well just go get a job. Mm. Because I mean, you could now it might be I'm going to give it a year and see how I like it. But still, depending, it, it really depends on where you start from. So for example, if you're say in your twenties or thirties and you don't have much of a network and you've never owned a business and you've never built anything online, um, then, and you don't really have any financial resources or anything like that. Like you're really starting at nothing and building from scratch. Well, your journey is going to take longer than someone who they're going into coaching. Maybe they're in their fifties. It's their second career. You know, they're financially stable their partner has a great job, they have money to invest, uh, they have a great network. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like night and day. And then you'll hear a story from 
and they're confident in what they do. And, you know, people will hear these overnights and success stories and they'll think, well, this person came out of nowhere. But like, even if you look at that two examples of those two coaches, if they were both brand new, but they're brand new with coming into it with such different life circumstances and resources. Now, I do believe anyone can make anything happen. I I 100% believe that. But there's also a part reality of like, you know, clearly the second person has more advantages than the first person. (laughs) That's just obvious, right? Like, let's just call it a spade a spade here. Um, So of course they're, if they, if they both have the same work ethic, uh, then the person with the more resources, assuming they use it correctly, is going to get ahead faster. But, but like, that's why I always say to people, like the best place to be is you got to be at peace with where you are, happy with where you are and excited for where you're going. And you have to look at it like a journey and an adventure because building any business, I don't care what kind of business it is. It's not going to happen in a year. Like, are you going to get results? And of course you're going to get some results in a year, but I always look at it as you're get, think about it. Like you're going to get your PhD in entrepreneurship and a PhD is going to take, well, I don't know. I guess they're all a little bit different, but like my undergrad in, in marketing was a five year program. And the only difference is when you're starting a, a business, at least you get to earn while you learn. <laughs> Right. Yes. I mean, that's the great thing. Um, yeah. So, you you know, you really you really have to be committed. And this is why they say, you know, you'll hear you'll hear this in books. You'll hear this from people like people will say never start a business for the money. And the reason is because it takes so much time and energy to really build a thriving, successful business that if you're just in it for the money, you're just going to quit. That is, that is, that is so powerful. I I want to make sure people understand that. So, you know, we have been talking for about 30 minutes now. You've given us so much to think about. And what I always encourage my listeners to do, look, I, I know that you got a lot from Jennifer today. But I want you to just pick out one thing you need to work on. Just yeah. one thing. Because if you do more than that, you're going to get overwhelmed. And then you're not going to do it. You're going to quit, like Jennifer said. We don't want that. So just pick out no. one thing. We'll listen to the episode over again if you have to. But a lot of gold nuggets in here. So, Jennifer, where can we find you online and for my, find out more about you? Yeah. Well, my website is jennifer-trust.com. And I am on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me there. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Absolute delight having you on again. And I hope you have, I hope you finish 2020 strong and I hope you have an incredible 2021. Thank you. Right back at you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. 
And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at MrProductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.